0: Yeah.
1: I hope everybody's paying attention today because we have a, a guest calling in from the Northeast and her name is Kat Ashmore and she is a chef. She worked for Martha Stewart and she has a pretty thriving career in the food space. So I want to welcome Kat Ashmore to the Unimpressed Podcast. How you doing today, Kat?
0: I'm doing great. Really happy to be here.
1: You know, working behind the scenes and now you're in front of the camera. I mean, what You know, what are you thinking when you're behind the scenes and and you want to be in front of the camera and you think you have a voice? What were you thinking during that time period?
0: Truthfully, my time at Martha Stewart was, as you said, behind the scenes. And I did, while I was on television with her and I did some camera-facing work, it was really carrying out someone else's vision, largely. And I, I think at that time of my life, in my late 20s, early 30s, that was the place I was supposed to be in, was absorbing and learning and educating myself and getting hands-on experience. And I think it's taken me this long to really be clear on what my voice is and what I have to offer.
1: Yeah, I mean, you kind of reverse engineer these things. You know, it's almost like you you shoot a wide net. And you start to see what resonates and you find that vein of relatability. So where are you at now with with what you're doing and, and how do you convey your message now?
0: I think what I have found is that since starting my business in 2020, I think a lot of people felt like they really just wanted to be seen and they wanted to be heard and they wanted to feel like they had a connection and so I really try to put my work, whether it's recipes, lifestyle tips, motherhood type of content on that plane. And really from a perspective of we're all in this together, let's make it casual, let's make it fun. Like we're, you know, girlfriends just hanging out and hopefully you can learn something too.
1: So so when you approach a meal, what type of ingredients do you look for and how do you approach shopping?
0: I'm always looking for how i can get veggies and healthy proteins and elements like that onto a plate i believe in an attitude of abundance when it comes to eating healthier and living better rather than an attitude of restriction and i think i found in i'm sort of most known for my hungry lady salads which is this series that i launched sort of casually back in 2022, in January, and it just completely (laughs) took off. And I think what I learned from that was that people really wanted an approach to healthier eating that was revolving around abundance and what you could add to your plate rather than what you were taking away.
1: So tell me a little bit about that. Hungry ladies salads. Mm -hmm. Sounds interesting. I'm I'm doing a cleanse right now and I'm eating a lot of salads. So I'd like to to hear what you what you got in that concept
0: i bet you know i i feel like you can learn everything you need to know about a restaurant by ordering their house salad i think a salad is something that it's one of those basic things like a rotisserie chicken for instance that when you're in culinary school you learn the archetype of what makes a great salad a great salad what makes a great salad dressing a great salad dressing and my salads in this hungry lady salad series are really meal in a bowl salads so these are oftentimes salads you can make on a sunday night and then you can just have in your fridge ready to go for the next 4 or 5 days because i think a lot of us find that when we're hungry when we're stressed when we're scrambling oftentimes that's those are not the times where we're eating the most mindfully where we're making choices that maybe our higher self wouldn't align with.
1: Well, something you said right there, I kind of think about too. I mean, if you find a restaurant that takes care of their lettuce and it's not yeah. wilty or mm-hmm. it's not old, cause I'm very into freshness. Yes, uh, Is that, is that what you're saying is like, you can tell the difference between a fresh piece of lettuce and a not fresh piece of lettuce. And that resonates through all their other recipes.
0: I think so. And I think the like what kind of dressing they're using, how it's plated, what kind of care they put into a simple house salad because simple and basic are not the same thing. And I think to have a great salad dressing or to have a great salad, you have to have different a different cast of characters where things are playing off of each other. You've got crunchy and creamy and sweet and salty and spicy. And oftentimes when you're like, this is just missing something, it's not that good. If you've ever ordered a dish, eat a salad or really any dish from a restaurant or pick something up from takeout or even made it at home and you feel like there's something missing, just asking yourself, what is it that's missing. And I talk about that a lot. The different, you know, building flavor. Because when you're taking out some of the, the other stuff, whether it's using less sugar, less fat, you know, less simple carbohydrates, you need to be replacing it with flavor. And so I like to teach people how to do that.
1: Now do you consider yourself a taster, a taster type chef? Because there's some chefs I think my my wife is she cooks and she can take something. that tastes a certain way and then and then swap out with something, you know, that... Will taste similar, but can make the dish better. I mean, I think that's a special talent to be able to taste, because a lot of chefs don't have that ability.
0: Absolutely, and that's something that I really encourage um, with my communities, and I talk about it in my cook in my debut cookbook, Big Bites. I talk about, you know, asking yourself what role does this ingredient play. For instance, if you know there's a recipe and it's calling for cilantro, and you don't have cilantro, it doesn't mean you can't make the recipe. You know, what role does it? play. Okay. It adds that fresh herbaceous note. Well, I have parsley. I'll use parsley. Or I have some arugula. I'll just chop that up, you know? So just replacing it and really making the most of what you already have.
1: So you have this information in this book uh, called Big Bites. What what else is in the book, and what was your thought process in putting this book together?
0: I always knew that I would write a cookbook at some point, and I've had some opportunities to in the past, but it never really felt like the right time because I was saying to myself, "Why, with all of these amazing cookbooks out there, why would someone need to buy mine?" And it became very clear to me when I. You know, I started taking off on social media and I got so many messages from so many people saying things like, you know, my kids or my husband would never touch kale and now I make this sal- this salad every week or women saying, you know, you've helped me heal my relationship with food because it's such a different approach. Like, let's just get so excited about these amazing recipes that we're making that we kind of don't even realize that they're nutritious. And I'm very much flavor-forward, flavor-first, and half the time I forget to even talk about how good the recipes are for you because there are so many other things that I want to be talking about. Going back to
1: the tasting thing, I mean, I think that's a – I'm really big into sensibilities. Because I'm a I'm a clairsentient. I have Native American on both sides of my family, and I can feel everything in a room. I can get into people's heads. Like if I talk to you enough, wow. I can I can kind of understand who you are, and I can kind of see like a I don't know like the, a strength there from lineage. I don't, I don't know like where's where's your where's your mom and dad from? And
0: so my my dad is Irish. My mom is Italian and Irish. So I have both of those at work. I think I learned, it's not so much that my family were these elaborate cooks, they just, they were enthusiastic eaters. And we had a lot of joy and a casual nature around our meals and around food. And I didn't grow up with anything being completely off limits, which I think is really helpful because I know a ton of people that did grow up with certain things being totally off limits and have developed different types of hangups and phobias that then need to be unlearned. So um, I think because of that, I was able to develop a pretty healthy relationship with food and just see it as something that's fun and connects people at the end of the day.
1: Are you a highly sensitive person? Do you have these other sensibilities that come through? Because I can, I can feel so. like you're a very highly sensitive very, person and, and feels very. everything.
0: It's funny because I I was just talking about it on the Instagram stories this morning. Somebody was saying, you know, how are you always so chill? And I, I I have to do a lot of work on a daily basis just to be sort of at the same level with everyone else because i I'm a cancer. I am deeply feeling, deeply thinking. I take on the energy around me very easily. So I, you know, I practice transcendental meditation every day. I do it. I have a lot of different habits that I stack on a daily basis to just kind of like ground me in myself, because if I'm not careful, I can get swept up.
1: Do you block yourself? Do you mentally block yourself from energies that are around you?
0: You know, I feel like... Now I'm at a point where I can recognize just my intuition. If something doesn't feel right, I kind of just know. At the same time, because I am in the public eye in a sense, I can't avoid the fact that I'll get criticism on a daily basis, right? And oftentimes it's it can feel fairly toxic, but I have learned for myself that I am, it's up to me whether I'm a participant in that. I have the control over whether I condone it and whether i choose to allow myself to feel a certain way
1: well you know i talk about this a lot because it's what i talk about is i feel and i say things and i have quantum physics coming through and different things a lot of people don't understand but this is just rationales and a lot of times if you're you know if you're out there you're listening a lot of times if somebody's highly sensitive has high sensibilities you know Those sensibilities can take you down the wrong road of maybe alcohol, drugs, or whatever it is because you don't understand what this is or what this is being classified as instead of diving deep into it. Uh, Do you feel like, do you understand that now and you dive more into those sensibilities to try to guide yourself and, you know, and what your daily experience, I guess?
0: Very much so. Yes. I actually stopped drinking alcohol a couple a couple of years ago because I found for myself that I would be so anxious and feel depressed for the next at least 24 hours, if not more. And it's increased as I've gotten older that it just... I usually say like the juice just wasn't worth the squeeze and I pay a, I would pay a real price for it mentally. So now like that's something that I was able to remove for myself that has certainly helped with my with my anxiety and made me feel more in control of myself. For well, sure.
1: you realize that I don't know if you know this, this is another thing, a big thing that a rationale I have is you realize the penile gland is God's data center. You Where's the pineal
0: gland? You're gonna have to educate me. Oh, okay. In
1: your head. So if you if you research your pineal gland, it's all about sensory. So if you, you have fluoride or anything like that that's that's you're taking into your system, that calcifies your pineal gland. If you decalcify it it will expand your sensory, but you can do some research about that. Well,
0: I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to dig into that. That sounds yeah. really interesting. But it,
1: What's weird is like when I talk to someone and I, I can see that it's highly sensitive and is a creative and nimble, because sometimes I feel like, uh, like I used to, I can control it better now, but I used to feel like a, like a ball of just energy and I could flip on a dime, you know?
0: <laughs> I get it. I get it. Like- To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We keep a lot of emotions bundled up inside in life and sometimes we got to talk to people. I witnessed the benefits with my own two eyes. I have a close friend that was struggling with depression and felt like she had no one she could consistently talk to because of her busy schedule. She was matched with a therapist through BetterHelp. After several months of sessions, I've seen a tremendous change in her personality and in her life. If you're needing therapy and, and want to get some of those things off your chest, it's entirely online and designed to conveniently work around your schedule and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Just fill out a questionnaire and they will align you with the right therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Unimpressed. Today to get 10% off your first month, that's BetterHelp. H E L P dot com slash unimpressed.
0: Every I could feel on top of the world, and then in 10 minutes, it's like my world is crashing down and nothing's actually changed. Nothing's Uh changed. I just, it's just my, my, the human condition. All of a sudden, it can just take me down this really dark neighborhood. Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah.
1: Because that, that, I think that, that tasting ability and being able to understand ingredients is, is a, very special trait, and I don't think there's not a lot of people that have that, you know, uh, yeah. out there transitioning into your own space and your own career, you know. And you have this. I think you, I saw two little ones in some of your Mm-mm. your stuff. How do you manage family? Because I know it says, you know, a mom cook and so forth. How do you manage family and and what you do on a daily basis? Because it's very time consuming in this space.
0: It's very time consuming, and you know, I don't have a perfect recipe for it, no pun intended, but I do think that I have some things in place that really help. And for me, like managing my peace of mind in the morning is huge. I'm a very early riser. I wake up between like 4.30 and 5 naturally most mornings. And so I have a solid like two hours before the rest of the family wakes up. And that is what I need. (laughs) Like, I require a lot of stuff to just Mm -hmm. kind of be a not a wear life, like a loose garment kind of girl, you know? So I spend those two hours really like, you know, I meditate, I have my hot water and lemon. I do my whole thing. I get some of the cobwebs off of email so that when my family wakes up, I'm able to be really present. And, you know, I think it's just getting on honest with yourself, right? About like what you require and what you don't to be the best version of yourself.
1: I think, I think people like, you, and myself, or whatever. I mean, there's thousands out there. When we understand that, it's kind of life changing because we're we're a giver. We're usually a giver. We we think about everybody else. We yeah. give ourselves away to everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you don't realize that when you give yourself away and you give the energy away, you're forgetting about yourself. So yes. so so when you find yourself, that's a big deal. Did you have a? Did you have a? I feel like you had a crossover period in your life where it was like. You know, something happened that triggered this or whatever. Did anything like that happen where just hey, you went a whole different direction and you had to start taking care of cat?
0: Yeah. Yes. In 2020, when I started my business, it was you know it was a few months into the pandemic, and I think what happened for me and probably a number of people is that you know. All of a sudden, you're not able to keep yourself quite so busy or so social and you're kind of stuck with yourself. So for me, some of the stuff that I was probably pushing down, like my... Unhappiness being a stay-at-home mom. I had a one and a three-year-old at the time and I had, you know, left my career to raise my kids, live in the suburbs. There weren't a lot of options for my industry unless I wanted to commute into New York. My husband was doing that. That wasn't a sacrifice we were willing to make. And I was pretty miserable and I was pretty rubbish at being a stay-at-home mom. And I think if you're a creative, you can only keep that inside for so long before it starts causing you a lot of trouble. Like it needs to be exercised. It's like a new puppy. Like it needs to be exercised. And it was it was causing me trouble. And so I was very clear about the fact, like I'm kind of, I'm at this crossroads right now. And I think getting back into creating online and getting moving again and just taking little amounts of time for myself every day that allowed the momentum to build up.
1: Now, now do you feel like there's something innately in you that's driving you a certain direction? Because I, I think when you're an absorber, talking about behind the scenes with, yeah. w- with Martha Stewart and so forth, did you always feel like there was something innately? I got there's a voice, a direction there for me. That I got, there's something pushing me this direction. Like you don't really, it's kind of odd because I don't think you really think about it. You just kind of end up there.
0: Yes, I think for me i am very much someone who gets has gotten a ton of my value and my sense of self-worth out of helping other people caretaking and very nurturing so being able to channel that now into my professional work where i am very clear about the fact that like it is such a huge gift that i am able to inspire and connect with and help all of these women all over the world on a daily basis so, you know, you talked about like channeling maybe something that was that has been, you know, kind of shackles on you in certain relationships and my own self-worth being able to channel it into something really positive.
1: So, do you do you feel like did you ever understand this when you were did you ever think about this when you were a kid at all? Did you were you a highly sensitive kid?
0: I was very much a performer and I loved to I was always checking up on other people. I Danced competitively my whole childhood, so I was like, I wanted to make people happy. I got a ton of my self worth from making other people around me feel good.
1: So understanding who you are a little bit now, and and so forth, and you kind of looking at me like,
0: <laughs> you're I mean, you're nailing a bunch of stuff, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Because I I go into these interviews and I just, you know, I I look who the person is and and what they are and what they do. And and then when I talk to them, I kind of pull stuff out of what they're saying and it helps me determine who they are in a way.
0: Yeah, I can tell.
1: It's cool when I interview someone like yourself and realize they're authentic, you know, because there's not a lot of authenticity out there. Do you realize that you're really authentic?
0: I do. And the reason that I do is... Well first of all I I'm that's one of the most common things that people will say to me and that lets me know that it is rare because it's it feels like a real differentiator when they say it they say you're so real you always keep it so real you're so authentic you know I think I know, I know that I'm so authentic because of how much I enjoy what I'm doing. And I have spent years of my life being very much a chameleon where I could, you know, I could be this for you. I could be that for you. I could take on what I felt like I needed to take on to make you comfortable, to make you happy. And I know what that felt like. So now how I feel, it's very clear to me that I'm coming from a place of truth.
1: Interesting. So so if you're listening, the book she has out, Big Bites, mm. is very authentic. So what is, what is your goal with the book? I know we touched on the recipes a little yeah. bit. What's the goal with the book?
0: To empower people at home. You know, women and moms are a huge part of my community, but really... Anyone to empower them with a book that feels really exciting, has them looking forward to making meals, because let's be honest, sometimes I I don't always enjoy making dinner for my kids. It's not sometimes it's just like you're my children and I'm supposed to feed you every day. So I need to I need to make dinner, but um, to bring a sense of joy and a sense of community into their homes and have it be something they can really rely on. I'm a
1: person that's every day's a new day and I forgot about yesterday. I mean what what about the future? Is there any goals or anything you got out there you're trying to get to?
0: I have a number of them. I, I'm I'm well on my way. Um, you know, book number two, book number three. I wanna have a whole I want people to have a whole bookshelf of Big Bites cookbooks and I'm gonna be on Good Morning America on the twentieth. So continuing to do you know, some more media and just reach and connect with more people and make them feel like they can cook, they can live a good life and it can be fun. And
1: and some of these other pieces of content I saw outside of the cooking, you know, about just lifestyle stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. where, where does that come from?
0: I think what I found is, you know, in some ways following in the footsteps of Martha Stewart, who I worked for, you know, she started out with her catering business and then went into all of Lifestyle. Now, of course, I weave in a lot of my own you know spiritual awakenings and little you know motherhood quips and a little comedy and that sort of thing really simply because when i do the response is so great and people seem to really just eat it up and i mean i have a q and a every week on my instagram and i would say maybe 25% of the questions are about food the rest is all you know about my morning routines and exercise and motherhood and asking me to help them name their children. Sometimes it gets kind (laughs) of crazy, Um, a little bit outside of my jurisdiction, but clearly there's a sense of trust there. And I, yeah. I like to be vulnerable. I like to get in the weeds. You know, I, my husband says at a cocktail party, like turn around and I'm like in the corner and like like crying with someone that I just met like five minutes ago. I don't like small talk. I want to get to the heart of it. I'm like, I want to know what, why your mother lost custody of you when you were four. I don't care where your kids are going to camp.
1: So that's another telltale for me. So you're the type of person doesn't like to talk about Bob and Mary down the street. I don't I can't even enter those conversations.
0: Oh, it's the word. I don't even I don't even try now. I will just straight up be like, I have to, I have to use the bathroom. I don't even try. It's exhausting.
1: Yeah. Very, very odd. So just last question is spirituality. I mean, on the spirituality and what do you practice and... And what discoveries have you, you found through what you're doing in the spiritual space?
0: I'm very much on a journey and I'm open to what the next phase looks like. I have been religious in my life. I wouldn't consider myself highly religious right now. My version of spirituality is very much turning inward. You know, I certainly believe in a higher power at work, no question. And I think I'm comfortable not knowing what that is for the time being and just staying open and staying really teachable. But meditation is a is a core part of my spiritual practice.
1: As somebody tell me, my ideas were very, very powerful, but stay lucid mm. and get out mm. of your own head.
0: Mm. Yeah. Open yourself up. Open yeah. yourself up. And at the end of the day, for me, I think spirituality is really just recognizing the deeper, like the bigger meaning in everyday life circumstances. Just being able to recognize those small moments. I have this one practice where I compliment a stranger a day. Something I've done for like whether I'm going grocery shopping or whatever it is, I compliment one stranger a day. And for me, that feels like a very spiritual act.
1: Now you said you're, what your mom's Italian. Mm-hmm. So that, that I think that's where your pure source comes from there's a lot of pure source in italy
0: Mm, yes my grandfather was very much yes encapsulated that
1: with italy itself just understanding the history and how they kept the population intact they didn't let a lot of things in it kind of diluted the bloodline if you Mm will Mm. but that's where i think that's where your sensibilities come from that side for some reason i think so cool cool well if you want a great cookbook go check out big bites. And uh, like I said, I appreciate you coming on the show, Kat. Is there anything else you want to say before we get off here?
0: I love talking with you. It was (laughs) was great.
1: Yeah, very, very uh, uh, dialed in, if you will. Appreciate you coming on the show. This has been Kat Ashmore, and I am John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Thank you.